This is exactly right. said no gifts. I'm Bridger Weiniger. I'm glad you're here. Uh, look, you could be you could be doing anything right now. You could be listening to your favorite song. You could be calling a loved one and reconnecting. You could be learning something. And uh, instead you're here and that's on you. And that's fine. I, uh, we're going to try to have a nice time. And uh, I think we will, because our guest is fantastic. I'm so excited to have him here. It's Chris Gethard. Chris, welcome to I Said No Gifts. It's a joy to be here. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm, I, I would say I'm doing okay. Right. In general, life is good. I will tell you that I'm, I'm lucky enough that I booked some work, uh, but it is in Canada. Oh, which means that even though I'm fully vaccinated, I'm five days into a 14 day <gasps> quarantine where I'm not allowed to leave a hotel room. So oh. you've caught me as I'm starting to lose my mind, but we're not totally <laughs> there yet. So that should be a really good I feel like f for audio. That's a really good combination. You could push me over the edge right now if you chose to. I would love to break you. I would love to have just the moment that Chris is just fully shattered on record. <laughs> Uh -huh. Well, the world's been waiting for it, so maybe you'll get the sclusi. <laughs> Um, What part of Canada are you in? I'm in Vancouver, which is a lovely city that I've only been able to explore one other time. And I can't tell you how frustrating it is, frustrating it is to know that I'm sitting in a pretty low-level hotel off the side of a highway here for 14 days, and then I'll work <laughs> for two days, and then I'll fly directly home. So oh, I hope no. I don't come off like I'm complaining more... Uh, more than as a cry for help, which this is really what this is. No, I think that uh, your current state of mind is absolutely fair. You're in essentially solitary confinement. A little bit of a purgatory, which I, I want to just reiterate for anybody who maybe didn't hear it. I have been fully vaccinated uh, for six weeks, for six <laughs> weeks. So, but I'm happy to play by the rules, Canada. Uh, and I will say when Chris came onto the Zoom, I thought, oh, Chris's house is a little sad. Right. It just uh, look, he looks like he's sitting. He, uh, this appears to be maybe a couch, but also maybe a futon with you know just a a piece of art behind you that means nothing to no one. Yes. Yes. Um, and you've been there for five days. You said five days. Yeah, this is day five. So I've heard a little bit about this experience of being quarantined when traveling to other countries, but I don't think I've actually spoken to someone who's been through it personally. Now. I'm very curious what the actual rules are. The rules are you take a COVID test before you go within 72 hours of your flight. You bring proof of your negative result. You present that to customs in, Can in Canada or immigration, whichever one it was. 
They then check all your work papers. They send you to a booth where you then take another COVID test in the airport. (laughs) They send you to a government certified hotel right next to the airport. And once you get your negative results from that, you're allowed to go quarantine. And now for most people, country Canada, they live here. So that means you can now go home and enjoy the rest of your 14 day quarantine at home. For me, it means you can go to the Sandman Signature Hotel on the side of a highway in Langley, British Columbia, and just ride this bad boy out. (laughs) And every day you have to check in on an app and report if you've had any symptoms. And then a friend of mine who's who's one floor above me, who's also here, who I haven't seen, I, I texted her and said, can we really not just like take a walk around the block? And she said, Production really told me not to mess around. And also I got a call from the Canadian government today, making sure I was here. So now I just live in fear that I'm going to go take a walk and they're going to catch me. That would be devastating. They can apparently fine you up to um, uh, $600,000 or (gasps) put you in jail for five years is what they tell you. Oh my God. Well, it's worth the risk. Yeah. I mean, hey, (laughs) who else is going to play the crazy janitor on Netflix's Space Force? (laughs) <laughs> who else <laughs> um food wise what's happening are they like sliding a tray under your door how's that working i am so glad you asked so glad you asked and it's almost going to sound like this you're teeing things up as if we discussed them previously <laughs> we hadn't if you don't mind me walking a little bit oh, of pr- course i love this production was nice enough to get me some um groceries and i'm going to show you couple of my favorite things they got me which are two uh bucket sized cans of pinto beans oh what (laughs) yeah and um the my other favorite item they got now i've since filled it out i didn't instacart order myself but the other thing um they got was a where is it just give me one moment (laughs) to find it chris is going through a like a not a mini oh, fridge, but not a real not a fridge. real fridge. Um, they got me a block of mozzarella cheese larger than my head. <laughs> oh no, a very sad looking mozzarella cheese. This is not, you know, this is a a bottom of the barrel cheese. Yeah, and then they did get me um, some veggie dogs because I'm a oh. vegetarian, and I tried them for the first time yesterday. And they, in it, they got me a 15 pack. I think they thought I wanted to eat veggie dogs every day that I was Four here. Four veggie dogs a day. And I can tell you again, I'm not one to complain about other people's goodwill and kindness and free things, but they were so gross <laughs> that after two bites. I threw them all away. Oh, no. Wait, so were, do you just now have beans and cheese? Uh, no, I, I did an Instacart order. So I also have some Reese's cereal. I have okay. some, I have some, um, some, I, I, I've got some stuff to live on that I can, that I can reckon with. But when I walked in and just saw the pinto beans and the big brick of cheese, <laughs> I was, and I was like, this hotel is not, it's not awful, but it's not nice. It's like a really mid-grade I said, oh, it's right out a couple of weeks here. I hope I don't go insane. So I hope I'm not complaining too much. I hope this is just a fascinating glimpse into the life that I'm leading. How are you? How are you? <laughs> your, your house strikes me as very minimalist and cool and clean. That's well, the sense look, I get. This is just kind of the back office. And so there's not a lot happening here. Uh, 
but I, I'm not going to, I have nothing to complain about. I have absolutely, I mean, you're currently the portrait of a man who has lost everything. This it's is like true. someone whose wife left him with the kids. Yeah. He had yeah. cheated a business partner, is, mm-hmm. uh, ejected from the company, and is now just barely holding on. So I, I feel like a king. I, I, in contrast right now, I don't want to brag. I don't want to make you feel worse about your current conditions. No, uh, I, I think it's I had, fair. You know, I had, uh, uh, well, actually, I had a, a protein shake for lunch, so that, that's not exciting. Uh, what am, What is my life outside? I, I might as well be in a crappy hotel room. I do think it's fair. These hotel rooms that have the little kitchen and, the, and like you said, the fridge that's not a big fridge but not a mini fridge, they do strike me as the perfect place for um, someone who has separated from his wife but hasn't landed in his new living situation. Seems like the exact vibe. You captured the exact vibe with that description. Yeah, I feel like if a hotel room has a kitchen and it's not like the most expensive hotel room in the world, then it's the saddest place. Yeah, it it adds a it does add a grim quality. I'm not thrilled. Do but they I'm have okay? Like kitchen equipment? Or do you have pots and pans? That kind of there's thing. There's pots. There's pans. There's uh, dishes. There's silverware. Uh, there's there's um dish dishwashing soap and a brush. There is laundry. Oh, I had to buy nice. my own detergent. Okay, I'm currently sure. running some laundry. <laughs> um, and that's about it. That's about it. And otherwise, it's just got sort of um, I would say the vibe of a hotel room that was built. I would predict in the early half of the 1990s, and <laughs> and feels it. That's what I would say. I'm living a purgatory like existence. You're someone who spends a decent amount of time on the road. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Do you feel like you've uh, been in worse hotel rooms than this? I absolutely have. I want to give credit to the Sandman signature because I named <laughs> names. It's not a bad hotel. I'm not saying it's a bad hotel. It's just not a hotel you want to live in for weeks at a time. That's no one I'm wants saying. to be trapped in a room for with no choice uh, to leave. And this is this ain't the four seasons over here. And I'm not right. even allowed to go use the gym or the pool. So I'm just sitting in the room. So it's not on the Sandman signature. Lovely chain. I'm sure good people with nothing but the best of intentions. Um, but yeah, I've, I've been in hotel rooms significantly worse than this. Um, I once booked some rooms in San Francisco while I was touring and I was, I had some other people with me on the tour. So we booked a few rooms we got to the hotel and it was so shady and the guy was playing some weird game about money and it led to one of the guys on the tour with me trying to fight the hotel manager. Um, so I've, I've seen, I've seen the worst of the worst. And then I've been lucky enough that sometimes people pay for a room for me where I see the real fancy side of things. This is just straight down the middle Nothing here is going to blow you away. <laughs> and that's a fine description for a hotel room. That's a hotel room I'd be happy to stay in for a night. Of course. Three just, nights even. Just not a third of my summer. <laughs> well, how was life before you got there? It's I feel so, like it was probably opening up, I imagine. It, it is great. I live in New Jersey where I grew up. I moved back there to raise my son. We've got a house in a neighborhood that I never thought I'd be able to live in a place like this. I've been so lucky and blessed in my life. There's a, a lake that's not too far away, Ooh. so we can take my son swimming, and I get to see this little two-year-old boy full of joy. Things are good. New Jersey's been doing, I think, a very good job on the vaccinations. I think about half of the adults are 
vaccinated. So they're really letting us, uh, they're letting the freak flags fly again. And, um, it's a beautiful life and I feel so lucky and blessed. And perhaps that is part of why, uh, my current situation does feel like one worth complaining about, even though at the end of the day, like I said, <laughs> I'm doing a cushy acting job for Netflix. Boohoo. I get it. I would People love are to furious be, with you right now. I'd love to be home with my two-year-old. That's the point. But I, I also gotta, I also gotta put food on his plate and try to get that health insurance. So maybe I'm just being the best dad I can be right now. Uh, where are you living in New Jersey? Is that something you can reveal? I, I, I'm willing to say I live in Morris County, New Jersey, which is um, kind of further west than I think a lot of the entertainment types go. Usually they'll uh -huh. land a little, about 40 minutes closer where you can have trains and get in and out easy. I said, I'm pretty burnt out. I'm pretty tired. I want to go live in the woods. So we kind of live out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, time I've spent in New Jersey was in Lindhurst, uh, which I believe is close, uh, Closer to New York. It is. It's part of the Meadowlands, I believe, as far yes, as ecology. Yes. What were you doing in Lindhurst, New Jersey? This is not <laughs> I was the trying one... to open a small business. I had yeah. uh, opened a sandwich shop. How did it go? Uh, no. I, well, it's closed now. Uh, I was run out of town. Um, uh -huh. People knew immediately I wasn't from New Jersey, and uh, I was just forced out. No, my uh, boyfriend's from Lindhurst. So from Lindhurst? His parents still live there. Uh, he has family in that area. Well, Lindhurst, New Jersey is the home of one of my favorite places in the world. It's what? famous for, if people, have, if people in New Jersey have been to Lindhurst, it's generally to eat at a restaurant slash spectacle known as Medieval Times. That's where Medieval Times is? Your boyfriend is hiding this from you out of shame. Because <laughs> this is Lindhurst's overall reputation in New what? Jersey. Is, oh, that's where you can go eat in that castle and watch knights fight. <laughs> and it's sort of a legendary, I think it's a pretty legendary thing. And a lot of us get brought there on like school trips in middle school. What? And How has he never said this to me? He's hiding it. He doesn't this is shocking. Want I would have demanded we go. Yeah. He doesn't want you to know. Cause I have to imagine people, I don't know too many people from Lindhurst. If any, I have to imagine that Lindhurst people are incredibly tired of being constantly met with the reaction. Oh, where are you from? Lindhurst. Yeah, medieval times. It, it's probably been a bane of his existence for most of his childhood, and he's happy to let it go. <laughs> medieval times to me does not feel like a place that should be in Lindhurst. I, I mean, I've never been to medieval times, but it feels like a place where it should be near a theme park or something. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of just in the middle of the marshland there. The meadowlands is just like a series of swamps and marshes, and you can go, you drive, big giant castle, they put on a show. The knights fight and kill each other. Um, at one point, they let they have someone who's trained in falconry come out, and they let a falcon loose, <laughs> and it flies around your head while you're eating. While you're eating, and they don't give you silverware. That's part of the gimmick. You're just eating with your hands, like a medieval dirt bag, and it's really it's pretty great. How is the food at medieval times? I'm very curious because it's very simple food that feels like you couldn't screw it up. But I feel like if anyone's going to screw it up, it's going to be a place that has essentially a rodeo happening in the in front of you. Uh, I think the last time I went was about three years ago. Uh, and it was, it's about the show. 
what right. you're paying for. I mean, they got to groom these horses. They got to train these people in stage combat. Like you're paying for the show. You're not paying for the food. The food's serviceable though. The food is better food wise than this hotel is hotel wise. Um, I, I do know that we were all seated in a section cheering for our night and it was me and about 30 of my friends all went together and uh, we were cheering on our night. And then the storyline took a really misogynistic turn where our night was really being not cool to the princess. And then we all retroactively felt really bad that we were <laughs> cheering on this, uh, this brutal misogynist, but it is what it is, right? I've got to experience this at some point. I mean, I feel like, well, maybe, I, I, I don't know what medieval times finan financial situation is, but I can't imagine they're doing great. I just feel like... They've Especially been after around the last forever. Year. They've been around since. <laughs> they've been around, I think, over thirty years, if I'm remembering <laughs> the first time I went. And uh, I don't know how. I don't know how. You're right. But yeah, they're they're they've been in business for decades, and I hope they don't close. They're kind of like arena sized places. Uh, am I wrong? Yeah, it has an indoor arena. I mean, there are actual jousting matches on horseback. You need some room right. to do that. So that's got to. I mean, the rent there's got to be crazy it ain't cre and, and these north jersey taxes too i mean this is not oh, a small yeah, investment right. this is not right. a small investment and i wish i could be a fly on the wall when you say to your boyfriend how did you never tell me that lindhurst is where medieval <laughs> times is because i would i would be able to study all the micro expressions in that <laughs> that's when i'm going to find out that he was secretly working there that he has oh. a long resume at uh in medieval times. Can you imagine? He's like, I used to have long flowing hair and I was the squire to the red and yellow knight. <laughs> um, speaking of uh, other absurd things in New Jersey, I read about that enormous mall that they're still trying to create. Are you familiar with this? And not far from Linhurst. It's also in the oh, Netherlands. It's right next to um, Giant Stadium, which is- Oh, like, okay. Sure. Right. Caucus, that... or, no, East Rutherford. Those towns all bump up against each other. But yeah. That mall has been sitting out there again, I think close to two decades where it keeps, they keep saying it's about to open. Oh no, it's changing owners. And from what I hear, it either just opened or it really is going to open. And the only thing I know about it is they apparently have an indoor ski jump you can use. Right. And I, I, uh, I feel like I am bound to go. That feels like that. something you would really actually want to try. I want to see what's going on in that mall after of all course. these years. And it looks, I, I don't know if you've driven past it in your times in Lindhurst, but it, it looks bizarre from the outside. What does it look like? It's not, it's not like you're driving past a mall where you go, there's the Macy's, there's the Lord and Taylor, there's the Sears. <laughs> it's kind of this big multicolored trapezoid in the sky. What? Multicolored trapezoid in the sky is what I said. <laughs> oh, I heard you very clearly. I'm just trying to even imagine what that could possibly look like physically. That's, I mean, what? So it's, I mean, you know, our, the standard mall is just several rectangles sewn together. Yeah, yeah, no, this uh, is... This, I've got to see this. From Route 3, from my vantage point, having only driven past it on Route 3, it seems to be an oddly shaped building that is elevated. <laughs> I don't know if when you get up closer, it's different than that, but the section I can see from Route 3, anybody out there who's driven past it, I think can vouch me. You might have a different description for it. Maybe you wouldn't say multicolored trapezoid in the sky, but you're not going to sit there and go, eh, it's just a regular mall, Gethard. You're exaggerating. It's not a regular mall. Yeah, I usually I have only ever gotten to Lindhurst by train, so this may have limited my exposure to some of these things. 
I, uh, as you can imagine, growing up in New Jersey and doing comedy in New York, I, I started when I was still a college student. So I would take the train in all the time and it cuts right through the Meadowlands there. And for any sports fans might know the Meadowlands as the sports complex, but it's named after this large geographic area. That's just largely like a swamp with a lot of wildlife growing in it. And, um, I was once making my way back from New York city to New Brunswick, New Jersey, and there were severe delays on the train and they finally let us on. And it was the middle of the night at that point. And it turned out the Meadowlands had caught on fire and they, oh. had, they had just put it out and sent us through. So in the middle of the night, we drove through like a smoldering, oh, that sounds smoking, glowing red. Actually incredible. Yeah. It was, it really was like taking a train trip through hell. <laughs> it really was. Good grief. My only exposure, I, and I say this probably every time we go through the Meadowlands and Sea Caucus uh, to either of those things is, are you familiar with the band The Wrens? I am. I am. That's, uh, I wasn't aware. They have albums named after various things in New Jersey. And so that I mentioned that to my boyfriend every time we go and he has no idea what I'm talking about. And it's a very boring uh, piece yeah. of trivia for him, but it's very exciting for me personally. You so, have to. You have to insist that on your next visit to Lindhurst, you go to Medieval Times because he will hate that I am saying this. It <laughs> is the cultural contribution to New Jersey that Lindhurst has offered up. And is that <laughs> miserable? I'm sure. As a Lindhurst native, I'm sure that that's not something you want to hear. But as far as the rest of New Jersey can tell, that's the gift they gave us. And oh, you, you have to talk about this. I actually feel concerned a little bit. That it hasn't been brought up because it has well, to be I'm a piece concerned. of his identity and experience. This feels like it's uh, already eroding the trust in my relationship. I'm not uh, trying to fan any flames on that, but I'd be worried. <laughs> there are fissures uh, happening as we speak. This is going to lead to the end of the relationship. I can feel it in my bones. And, you know, that's completely his fault. Mm -hmm. uh, I was mm -hmm. lied to. Things were kept from me. And it's hard to it's hard to move forward in a relationship when trust has been shattered so if your theory that he worked there as a youth came true <laughs> i feel like it would be one of the happiest contributions <laughs> to someone's life from afar <laughs> that i've ever offered up truly <laughs> um well speaking of uh you know gifts people have been given uh, uh oh. has given this to uh, the world or medieval times to new jersey uh, look uh we decided you were going to be on this podcast a few weeks ago and i was very excited about it and i thought chris is on the east coast we'll be able to connect by zoom it'll be a safe easy conversation and then we'll move forward yeah now yeah. Uh, the other night, uh, there was a knock at my door and I was greeted by a woman named Natalie. She was, yeah. uh, holding a white bag. Yeah. Um, uh, and she said, this is a gift from Chris. And, uh, you know, immediately my brain started to spin. I started to wonder what's happening. Chris has agreed to be on a podcast called I Said No Gifts. And here we are. So I'm just going to confront you on the podcast. I hope this doesn't, maybe this is the moment when you snap, but I would like to just know, is this a gift for me? It is a gift. And I hate to put you in an uncomfortable position, but I did go back on the podcast and see how it has worked out in the past. And it seems to me 
like if someone like Cola Scola is going to offer up a gift, I'm not going to be upstaged. <laughs> so I, I, you have a very impressive guest list and it seems to me like many of them have brought gifts. And the last thing I'm going to do is be outshined by Coley Scola, who already outshines me comedically in every way. Well, I'm going to step in and, uh, you know, the rivalry between you and Cole has got to end at some point. Yeah. yeah. And uh, as someone who does not live on the East Coast or New York, uh, I'm going to crown myself the king of New York comedy and just settle this wow. once and for all. Wow. Yeah, I feel like this is only fair to you and Cole. And then you two can give up your careers finally. Move on to I would something else. Actually, love that. I've thought. <laughs> I've been thinking a lot about that. So, uh, thank you for that gift. And then you'll just rule New York comedy as a sovereign from afar, like Queen Elizabeth's relationship with like the weird, like the handful of islands that the English still <laughs> right. claim as their empire. And she Good never for Queen Elizabeth. Them. You know, She's still holding it down. She doesn't have much else to live for at this point. Uh, why not hold these, you know, kind of stolen properties? The Commonwealth. New York is your Commonwealth. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I'm going to use this to just continue to build my empire. Eventually, there will be the sun will never set on the Bridger Empire. That's what people will say. Now, if you need a castle, <laughs> well, might I, know I suggest exactly where look. Maybe, maybe your boyfriend wants to head back home. <laughs> To live long-term someday, there's a castle for you to take and rule from. <laughs> take my right throne. There. Right there. <laughs> Off the highway. Well, look, I'm going to pick up the bag. It's a white bag. So have you opened say, it yet? I haven't. You oh, know, good. this is, okay. to this ah. day, I'm very proud of myself. As far as I know, I have not peeked at a gift. And now... There's probably some episode where I reveal I peeked at a gift, but I, as far as my memories, as memory serves, I've never actually looked. I like a surprise, and it really is a testament to my strength as a host that I've never opened a gift. I will say this gift, I think it may be because it's in white paper, and it, you know, it's a little, it feels like if I were to guess, and obviously, well, who's to say, it feels like about a pound of turkey to me. Pound okay. of deli meat. Okay. I think the white paper makes me think of deli meat. And Great. so that's what I'm thinking. Uh, if I open it and it's just rotting deli meat, we'll just have, I mean, we'll just have to uh, that would be discuss that. I would be proud of that gift. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, there is a crucial, crucial piece of information that I wish Natalie had given you. Um, maybe some instructions surrounding this gift. And Natalie, if you are listening to this, I'm going to give you a phone call that's going to crush your spirit. <laughs> Anyway, we can continue. <laughs> uh, anyone listening, there's a woman named Natalie who needs a job. Um, she's recently unemployed and she's desperate for work. Yeah. Uh, she's yep. got a lot of experience working for kind of a demanding diva. Yeah. Uh, yep. So you keep that in mind when uh, hiring her. And if you need any sort of references, feel free to call me and I promise you I'll tell you the truth. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to dive in here and see what's happening. Yeah. Got to get some crinkling. Crinkle, crinkle. Okay, we're... And I'm feeling... Okay, so... 
I'm feeling like a bottle through some tissue is what I'm feeling. Yes. Something, I wish it had been it feels... kept cold. That's what Natalie... <laughs> oh, boy. That's I what I wish milk. Natalie told you. Yes, it is. <laughs> Yak milk. It is the milk of a Himalayan animal. <laughs> what? Okay. It. Uh, what I've opened here is something called Mr. Q <laughs> Cucumber, which is a... This is so bizarre to me. I don't know whether this came to me in a dream or what uh it's a, this is a sparkly cucumber beverage but just recently i don't know if this is just my brain like uh like a circuit has snapped and i just think i'm having deja vu but i feel like i was recently thinking about cucumber flavored drinks which i've never had before mm-hmm. and this is uh do you, what are your what's your feeling on deja vu i've had it before so i'm a believer or do you think it's the sort of thing that I'm now thinking like, oh, the circus just kind of snapped and made me think I had this memory? I think uh, that's possible. I haven't studied the science on it, but um, I'd, wish love, you had. I'd love to break down some of these medical journals and see where we're at in the research. <laughs> love to know. Got to keep these scientists on the ball, you know? For sake of the podcast, let's just say that this is some sort of magical, some, uh, you know, mystical forces were at work. And uh, I kind of predicted this. Uh, I want to hear why you've given me a Mr. Q cucumber drink. I love how stymied you are in talking about this. (laughs) I wish it was cold. Uh, I will tell you, I am, um, I've managed to tamp down the obsession a little bit because it was getting unhealthy, but I am a soda fanatic. Oh, there was a stretch of my life where I would argue I, I probably had one of the better collections of soda you could find. Um, I really enjoy small run regionally bottled sodas. I enjoy the history. I'm a real nerd for American history. And I think sodas very often, if you look at the history of Coca-Cola, for example, it really kind of echoes the times over and over again. And then there's all sorts of stories about like, corporate mergers that I think, uh, you know, and, and small bottlers getting stamped out by bigger brands that kind of tell the story of capitalism. There's a lot to it for me. I love sodas. There's certain sodas that when I find them, I grab them because they're very rare and they're near and dear to my heart. And I can tell you definitively that I'm so jealous of what you're holding right now. Cause Mr. Cucumber's very, very hard to find in most areas of the country, including mine. Yes. And I have told many people that I regard this as a soda enthusiast and I don't drink alcohol. That's probably part of why I I replaced my addiction with soda and I can handle that. I have told many people that what you are holding in your hands right now is the king of drinks. Is the best. In my opinion, you're not going to find a better (laughs) drink than Mr. Cucumber. And I'm, I know I'm hyping it up to a point where it can, <laughs> you're just absolutely setting it up for to be the worst thing I've ever tasted. Not, it won't be the worst thing, but you're, you're not, you're going to go, this is not the best drink I've ever had, but I, in my opinion, stand by it. And, and at the very least, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised and you might lose your mind like I did the first time I had it. Now, when did Mr. Q, do you call it Mr. Cucumber or Mr. Q Cucumber? Uh, Mr. Cucumber. Yeah, but it is, it's spelled Mr. M-R space Q space Cumber. And also. Be- oh, it is. I, I, yes, it actually is. I've just yeah. been misreading the bottle this entire time. Well, you're also holding something I'm even more jealous of, which is the place where I had that procured is a place that's kind of very infamous among soda collectors. It's a supermarket 
named Galco's that's in... It's in Highland Park. Highland Park, yes. I've been there. Oh, you have. So you know, this is the soda supermarket. Yes. It's stocked. The shelves are stocked. 90% of the shelves are just soda. It's, I, I have to say, um, for someone who sometimes has work in Los Angeles and has a lot of friends who live there now, the thing I get most excited about when I visit Los Angeles is the opportunity to visit Galco's because it's it's kind of, I would say, like the the place that sets the bar for soda collectors worldwide. And, right. and, and the bottle you have, that size and shape of bottle of Mr. Cucumber, Galco's is the only place I've ever seen. Any place else you can buy it, it's a much smaller, um, sort of more normal shaped bottle. A smaller bottle. This is a, I feel like this is a nice, moderately sized bottle. What the smaller bottle is like a, an airline liquor bottle. It's, it, it is, it's larger than an airline liquor bottle and smaller than, uh, like a regular bottled soda you'd find. It's, it's probably close to like the Stewart's uh, line of soda. If you know that size bottle no. listeners out there, it was slightly smaller than that. I'd say you have that sort of large, more, um, teardrop shaped bottle. And I'm jealous right. of that. Now, should I open it and taste it now? That's up to you, honestly. Okay. Do you ever serve this over ice? I do imagine serving uh, this over ice could be a good idea to get it cold, but in my opinion, soda directly out of a glass bottle is the way to taste it as uh, its creator intended. I think it's right, better than down. better than plastic and, and cans. I think it preserves things better. That's one of the joys of glass bottles. And exactly, as soon as it touches that ice, it's going to start getting a little watered down. I think you got to go out of the bottle first. And then if you want to switch it to ice, you can. But I think out of the bottle gives you that that taste in its purest form. I absolutely agree with you. I feel like, I don't know if it's just a, a mental thing, but when I'm at home and if I pour a soda over ice, it makes me, it tastes like I have the flu. I like, understand. Does that make sense? It does. It does to me. Um, it's that, I guess that memory of like when you're sick, when you're a kid and uh, my mom would give us like a Sprite or something over ice and it's a, a horrible memory. Yeah, I get it. And I'm also, I'll also say in a movie theater too, I say no ice every time. Really? They, Even in a movie theater? They give you so much ice that by the time you're about 45 minutes into that movie, you're drinking this weird combination of, of it's not watered down soda, but then I also feel like you can feel the stretches that it, sometimes it'll come through in different temperatures, sip to sip. I don't, <laughs> I don't care for it. I want my soda to be, to, I want to taste it as the person who bottled that soda or bagged that syrup intended. Now, uh, what about like if you're at a fast food restaurant? If I'm at a fast food restaurant, again, no ice. I, I would say in wow. general, I go no ice when it comes to soda, almost as wow. a rule. Wow. And I've never had no ice soda at a movie theater or a fast food place. I, it's still cold? It's cold enough. It's cold <laughs> enough. And what you trade in coldness, you gain in respect for a craftsman or craftswoman, <laughs> craftsperson. What is your uh, like go-to soda, like easy soda to get? Easy soda to get. I mean, I think the most popular one that is pretty much everywhere now and in my time as a soda collector, it's become just more and more ubiquitous is, of course, the famous Mexican Coke. Oh, Everybody right, right. loves a Mexican Coke. Um, when I lived in New York City, a big part of how this started is there's a ginger ale called uh, 
Bruce Cost Fresh Ginger Ginger Ale, <laughs> where there's actually chunks of ginger that float in the bottom what? of the bottle. So you turn it up and down a couple of times and it, it's absolutely delicious. And, and probably around 2008, I started noticing it. And when I tasted it, I said, wow, this is something really special. And um, I started buying it. And again, as someone who doesn't drink, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting product. It's in these glass bottles. I found I could bring them with me to parties and they'd allow me to have the glass bottle, which makes people more comfortable. And then also people would be like, what is that? And it was a little bit of a conversation piece. And then it got me really into kind of figuring out what are the, what are the non- corporate sodas out there. And then I found out about how many of them are beloved. Like if you go to Maine, they drink Moxie constantly and the rest of us don't really have access to it. And a lot of people don't like it when they try it, but it's like an institution there. And I, I could name I sodas up and down. Moxie is like a cola, but has a sort of very herby medicinal taste. I could oh. go all day. This is so nerdy and uninteresting, though. I think I you have found the right person to talk to about soda. I think it's very, I mean... Uh, very fascinating. It's, I mean, if you look at Detroit and they're going to be drink, they grew up on Verner's, which I think is the best sweet ginger ale you're going to find. They grew up on Fago, which the the insane clown posse has of made course. famous, but it, because it's really beloved in Detroit, Texas has one of the most fascinating stories, Dublin, Dr. Pepper, the Dublin bottling works. This is to me fascinating, but to everyone else boring. And this is why many people do say Cola Scola is in fact funnier than me. <laughs> <laughs> there was a Dr. Pepper had their original contracted bottling plants from way back in the day. And as they became more corporate and it became more centralized, these plants would work with them. Some would shut down. And in the eighties, late seventies, early eighties, a lot of the big soda bottlers got together and said, let's stop using sugar. Let's all switch to corn syrup at once. Sugar's way more right. expensive. If we all do it together, it's just the new standard. People don't complain. This one little bottling plant in Dublin, Texas said, we're just going to stick with the sugar. And they oh. were the only ones. And it just tasted better because sugar's better. Cane sugar is one of the entry points for me with the sodas I find. Glass bottle, cane sugar. Those are really the two things I look for out of the gate. They stuck with it and people obsessed over it. People used to drive for miles to get the soda they actually grew up with in Texas. And then Dr. Pepper realized that if they put out special editions with their own cane sugar, they can make money. So there mm -hmm. was a court case at one point, which was Dr. Pepper versus Dr. Pepper. And they, <laughs> they shut down their little, their little original bottling plant from uh, oh. producing Dr. Pepper. But that bottling plant survived and they make their own sodas now and they're all great. So if you're in Texas passing through, grab yourself a Dublin product. You won't regret it. Now, is there any soda that you haven't tried that you like a dream soda you'd like to try? I am so mad that you asked me this because <laughs> the answer is really embarrassing. Yes. So the Natrona, oh God, this is a long story. The Natrona <laughs> Bottling Works outside of Pittsburgh, Natrona, Pennsylvania. They make great products too. Great products. Uh, Jamaica's Finest Ginger Beer, Red Ribbon. They make a product called Pennsylvania Punch. Okay. It's a very, very lightly carbonated, very sweet almost tangy grape soda. And when I first had it, I really liked it and realized this was their effort to replicate the formula of something known as Delaware Punch, okay. which was extraordinarily popular in Louisiana. 
surrounding states in the first half of the 20th century. Coca-Cola bought them out. Coca-Cola owns the formulas and brands for dozens of former competitors. They just go right, buy them right. out. Found out Delaware Punch still exists. Coke makes it for New Orleans and like a handful of counties or parishes, they might call them in Louisiana. Mm -hmm. I forget. So I was down in New Orleans doing shows once with the great Joe Firestone. Oh, wonderful. And I made Joe wander through the New Orleans humidity and heat as we went from deli to deli looking for Delaware Punch. And we wandered into a neighborhood. I don't know that it was bad. I can say that I did feel concerned that I had brought Joe there. <laughs> started to say this doesn't feel totally right to hang out here as a tourist, but we found it. I drank it. I need to be clear. I did not like it. Oh, no. Way too sweet. Turns out that the original Delaware Punch isn't even carbonated. It was Ooh. just a famous non-alcoholic drink that Coke shut down. Now, <laughs> I have since found out that when Coke shut them down, they did not buy out a bottling plant in Guatemala. And in Guatemala, there is a plant that has one key difference, which is since Delaware Punch's original run, the FDA has outlawed a certain type of purple food coloring. <laughs> so in Guatemala, there is the actual original formula Delaware Punch. I have to imagine that the type of food coloring does not change the taste at all. But I have long wanted to fly to Guatemala <laughs> to find a bottle of it. Cause I, I think it might be one of the more rare things you can find soda wise, but to be clear again, I have legitimately come close on a few occasions to booking a ticket to Guatemala <laughs> so I can get a drink that I know I do not like. I don't like it. I don't like it. Would you taste. be happy if someone from Guatemala shipped the drink to you? I would, but I have to imagine that if U.S. Customs found it, they'd pull it because it has this illegal purple food coloring. Right. Which, come on, I can't imagine that in one serving, this is going to make me sterile or break out in hives or whatever it causes. Knock on wood. I mean, no. <laughs> famous last words. But again, worth the risk. Absolutely worth I think worth so. <laughs> I think so. Now... Does Cola Scola deep dive into characters and crush it at Joe's Pub anytime? Anytime Cole wants to? Yes. But has Cole ever told the longest story in the world about a bad grape soft drink? I will say when Cole was on, uh, they told a story about, uh, it was probably one to three hours long about drinking this uh, drink. And we just had to cut it from the episode. It was... Uh, mm -hmm excruciating to listen to and i just said cole no one's gonna want to hear this about the drink let's just get rid of it so i will say uh cole does have that on you i'm gonna tell you what though i used to be cool my work used to be regarded as kind of hip people <laughs> used to be like oh this guy's trying some things that are really different and underground and counterculture and all of us i don't care who you are and and what you're living right now Someday you're going to get old and you're going to feel lame. And I can vouch for that personally. <laughs> I can vouch for that personally. Someday you're going to have nothing to talk about except soda and lawn care. And you're going to go, when did this change? When did this switch get flipped? It happens very quickly. Like a switch getting flipped. I went from cool to crust, the crusty old uncle in the blink of an eye. And it's been overwhelming me. And I just have to understand that that is the reality of my life now. And I got to own it. 
that's a reality of every life. And uh, if you're a young person, just be aware that's coming for you. Understand that the looming, Absolutely. the looming clouds of becoming an out of touch older person will strike you down as well. I can't tell you, if you look at my early career, a lot of it was actually defined by reaching an audience directly through social media, through pulling off some, I guess you could almost call them like stunts or events via social media. I think I was actually someone who, especially with, the, I once did a thing that involved Diddy in 2009, where I, I asked him to do a show with me on Twitter and he, he said yes for some reason I still don't <laughs> quite know. People went, oh, Twitter is this thing and generate a conversation. And I can tell you that the day I downloaded Snapchat, not only did I say, I don't understand Snapchat, it almost short-circuited my brain where I no longer understood Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook either. <laughs> I hit a wall. That it's, makes perfect sense. TikTok, me. I never even tried. I knew it would just make me feel even worse <laughs> about myself. But it really is true that the day, and I'm not kidding, the day I tried Snapchat, which was a, a step in everybody's social media evolution <laughs> and that young people love, I said, I don't get this. And all of a sudden, I was old. Right. And all of a sudden, I only had jokes about fertilizer and broadleafed weed pre prevention. All of a sudden, I just had a very standard suburban set. <laughs> and it was, it was shocking how quick it all happened. The moment I opened that app, I was, I, I was old. It's the uh, Indiana Jones goblet moment. Just it was. Just picking the wrong goblet and suddenly you're <laughs> yes. a thousand years old. <laughs> yes. You'd age into dust before everyone's <laughs> eyes. No, I'm someone who really, I dig my heel. You know, I had a, I used a, an iPod well into the Spotify years. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Things like this. So I, I'm going to feel it hard, I think. Uh, you're in a danger zone. Your personality is in a danger zone for an immediate downfall. And it's not when you turn 40. Everybody thinks it's when you turn 40. It's, it's when you turn 41. I was like, this 40 thing is overrated. And now I'm 41. And I go, sometime in the last year, I honestly am someone who is confused about how to add an attachment to an email. <laughs> like, for example, like I'm recording separate audio for you right, right. Now, and I have to send it over. This is how a lot of the Zoom podcasts work to pull back the curtain for listeners. <laughs> Getting you this audio will either take me 90 seconds or four entire days. And that is true. Fortunately, you're locked in a room. Yes. Yes. And you're probably also going to have, well, you're already on your hotel's Wi-Fi. So that uh, hurdle has been leaped. And it is not great Wi-Fi. <laughs> for some you. reason, it craps out at 9 p.m. every night. Oh, you're kidding. What? They flip a switch? And then I call the front desk and they pretend it's not happening. And they're like, have you tried resetting your computer? I say, yes. And we've had this conversation four times. And I know you're down there trying to click refresh to check out whatever, basketball stores or whatever, your Facebook. I know you're having the same problem, buddy. So let's not pretend this deceptive game. <laughs> you're being gaslighted by the Sandman signature. I am. I am. Okay. Look, I have not tasted the soda yet. This is shocking. I've got to taste the soda. Well, when you have a vibe like you and I have discovered between one another, you you live in it. So uh, yes, you but don't. let's get back to work. Let's see what's happening here. That is, that's actually an accurate cucumber flavor. Yes, but that's still, shocking. But still a sweet soda. I I didn't know how. I didn't expect it to be sweet at all. Yeah, it's not that's a seltzer. So refreshing. It is not a seltzer. That is a soda. 
oh, it certainly has like a sugar element to it, but it doesn't get in the way of cucumber. I'm very happy to see because I'm lucky that I can see your facial expression right now and I can tell the listener, I'm so happy to see that you are, you are taken aback. You are taken aback by this. It's not what you expected and it is better than what you expected. Everyone has this reaction. Cucumber is such a mild flavor, yeah. even when you're eating cucumber. So the fact that they've been able to duplicate it and make, I mean, does this have actual cucumber? I love this. It says natural cucumber extract. That's a lot of cucumber happening then, because I feel like this is probably a hundred cucumbers to get that flavor in a bottle. I bet. I bet. I mean, I bet the, I bet this company alone is, is helping to keep the cucumber farming industry healthy and robust. (laughs) Yeah. This is truly shocking to me because I feel like I've had other sodas that try to duplicate flavors and it's frequently not accurate. I mean, famously, banana is the worst artificial yes. flavor. Grape, people love grape soda and candy, but it's not, it does not taste like grapes. It doesn't resemble, like if you were to taste that without knowing, without the word grape being attached, you'd be like, oh, I don't know what this is. Yes. This is yes. Uh, flavor. I wouldn't have been able to point to anything in nature that tastes like that. It's an often pleasant fi- flavor, but it ain't, right. gra- it ain't grapes. We know No, this. it's certainly not. But, I mean- But what you just tasted- that's cucumber. That's it's absolutely cucumber. Cucumber. And let me ask you this. When you eat a salad and there's a cucumber in it, are you thrilled? <laughs> I'm this is I'm thrilled if the cucumber is fresh and crisp, but it's frequently soggy. Now, and then it's just like, what am I chewing? Now, how do you compare the flavor you're tasting in that soda to the range of cucumbers you just described? The cucumbers can be a letdown, but they can sometimes actually really work for you. Sometimes a cucumber is nothing. I love a good cucumber. I will. I adore a cu- good cucumber with a little light vinegar on it or Ooh. dipped in ranch. Ooh. Love it. I think a cucumber is a very underrated vegetable. You can just snack on it as needed if the texture is correct. But a cucumber, when done wrong, is flavorless mush yeah. with seeds. Yes. And that doesn't work. So this, to be able to count on a flavor from a soda that's the ideal of a cucumber that's kind i honestly think that's a little bit of a miracle and the fact that this isn't a more popular soda is shocking astounding and i'm so glad you're seeing this you've referred to it as a miracle (laughs) and i am with you this should be in my opinion coke sprite your ginger ales your orange sodas I feel like more people should be adding cucumber soda to that very regular mix. And this is the only company I would trust to do that right. I don't want to shame anybody, but the Sprite people, Sprite continues to mystify me. It's neither lemon nor lime. It's not both. Yes. It is, does not approach either of those citrus. I don't, why don't they just call it sweet water? Yeah. It's... I would love a lemon-lime flavored soda, but I've never had a tangy. I expect that to be tangy. It's not tangy. It's not sour. It's just clear liquid with sugar. You should try Bubble Up. Bubble Up? Bubble Up is the bottled cane sugar under the radar Sprite type drink that I think you'd, I think you'd enjoy it. It's a better Does it sprite. feel like it has a lemony flavor to it? It's, it's much closer to what you're describing than Sprite is. That's kind of a dream drink for me. You know, I love a lemon. I love a lime. I love a soda. And there's another one. Ooh, what is the name of it? How am I blanking? I'm claiming to be a soda expert. And they have it at Galco's. <laughs> there's another even harder to find lemon lime soda. 
that uses actual lemon and lime oils. And that one is great. And I'm so mad at myself that I'm blanking (laughs) on it right now. It's not Lemmy. Lemmy is just a straight ahead lemon soda. Okay. (sighs) I hope I think of it by the end of this. And I will not forgive myself if I don't. Devote at least part of your brain energy for the rest of this podcast to trying to remember that. Okay, this is wonderful. I'm going to reserve the rest of this to be uh, half cold because I do feel like that'll add an extra element to it. I think people should seek this out. It's delicious. This should be in more markets. Absolutely. Can, and can you imagine, I always say this to people. First of all, I don't drink alcohol, but I've been told by many friends of mine who do that this... Once I've introduced them to this, that this is a great mixer. That makes sense to me. That they go, you can make a cocktail with this. And I've always said, if you were having a backyard cookout and you had a cooler full of this stuff and you, this drink when cold on a hot day outside, it's, I can speak from experience. It's a simple pleasure. (laughs) It's a true simple pleasure. I think it's beyond simple. I think what they've uh, done here is a very complicated thing. You know, j- titans of the soda industry can't nail flavors. So for whoever the hell is making Mr. Cucumber, this is no big operation. This is some tiny little place in Pompano Beach, Florida. Yeah, it's in Florida. They have the, it, they're in Pompano Beach now. I thought they were in Winter Haven, but maybe maybe they've moved. Maybe they've gotten bigger. No, it, it has to be because they've gotten bigger. But I... I am so happy to hear you say this. I was worried you'd be underwhelmed. <laughs> well, you did. I mean, you set it up in a bad way. You've got I did, <laughs> but you can see, I think it's fair to say, is everyone going to say that it's the greatest drink on earth? No. <laughs> but are you mad that I did? Are you? No, because it worked out. And because to some people, I tasted this. I said, this is my favorite drink. And I, I collect drinks. Some people are going to say, this is the top of the mountain. This is the top. This is the apex predator of sodas. When you believe in something, you've got to just uh, get behind it. And believe like you did here. I have other sodas that I'd put in the very top tier along with this. Right. But this, if there's one knock against it, it's that it's a newer company that doesn't have the rich history and tradition of American soda creation that I like. But then I also applaud them because I don't think it's easy to start a small bottling company in this era when it's so intimidating to not be on supermarket shelves. And oh yeah. Where there's these monster brands that swallow everything else up. So kudos to the, the fine people in Pompano beach who are <laughs> making this happen and may they never close. <laughs> Chris, I think it's time to play a game. I'm into it. Do you want to play a game called gift master or a game called gift or a curse? I'll tell you what, how it works once we start. I like the phrase gift master. Okay, I need a number between one and ten. Six. Okay, I have to do some light calculating. While I'm doing this, I want you to promote, I want you to recommend, I want you to do whatever you want. You've got a new special, you can talk about that. You can do whatever you want. You have the microphone. I'll be right back. I have a new special. It's called Half My Life. It's a stand-up special hybrid with a road documentary. I filmed it at 10 small venues all throughout the Northeast. I wanted it to really look and feel like comedy that's done in the trenches as I do it in real life on the road. It's got a lot of heart to it. It's got footage of me performing for alligators that a lot of people are telling me uh, is insane. 
I was happy to do it. You can find it on iTunes and Amazon and Vimeo and a bunch of other places. And as that's coming out, I'm also ha- one of the things I hope people like about it is it's a good reminder of how live performance was working in 2019 when I filmed it. I hope it makes people excited to get back out there. And I actually am, have just announced a 20 city tour and all the tickets are available at chrisgeth.com. And then I have my beautiful anonymous podcast. I have a whole project called New Jersey is the world. That's a celebration of New Jersey. It's a very small thing that New Jersey people are loving, but at this point, I'm just watching you calculate and continue to plug projects. I've got an online platform called Planet Scum, where myself and a number of other alt comedians have been doing online shows throughout the pandemic, and it's become a really strong community. Um, I've I've written a couple a couple books. I can. Uh, what else? I I've got it. Okay, great. Because I was actually <laughs> running out of things to plug. You could have just given your Venmo at that point oh, and just, you know. <laughs> people would love that. People would love that. Um, highly recommend Chris's new special. Everyone go watch it. Just find Chris in general. Everything Chris does is always unique and delightful and will make you feel good. So do that. But now we're going to play this game. Now, this is how Gift Master works. I'm going to name three gifts, three things you can give away. Okay. Objects, experiences, this kind of thing. And I'm going to name three famous people. You have to tell me which of the people you're going to give which gift and why. Does that wow. make sense? Yeah, it does. Okay. Okay. I'll really focus. All right. You've got to focus here. The three gifts you'll be giving are Legos, the blocks we build. Um, next up is an, uh, an evening of uncontrolled passion. So that's more of an experience. And finally, a wet vac. So a vacuum that does it all. Yeah. Let's just say it does it all. More, you know, it's kind of a professional's vacuum. I have one in my basement. Oh, see, and that's great if your basement floods. Exactly. You're going to want the wet vac. Um, Now you're going to be giving these to the following people. Brian Wilson, famously of the Beach Boys. Yes. One of our great songwriters. Then you'll be giving it to Seal, uh, another musician. And finally, oh, th- interesting. This is an all music gift master because finally we've got Axel Rose. So we've wow. got the entire spectrum of, uh, you know, this is, we've got it all here. Okay. I think I know all my answers. Let's hear it. I do have a logistical question. Uh, the Night of Passion, am I giving it to them in the sense that I am... <laughs> That's I, up to you. Yeah, okay. I, that could be with another person. That could no, be with themselves. I would like it could it be to, with you. I would like it to be with me. Okay, perfect. And that I think clearly, I think anybody knows right away, this means I'm picking seal. Of um, course. I'm not, <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm married to a woman, but I'm very cognizant of the fact that there's a spectrum and that everybody lands on it. And I, <laughs> I will say seal is the type that I would, I would experiment with. Seal is a beautiful person, an interesting soul, makes great music, I think has a unique look, and I think is also not perfect, notoriously, right? Uh, um, I, I'm not familiar. Well, I think Seal has, there's been some times where people have been mean to Seal because I believe he has some scars on his face. Oh, right, right. And there's been like viral stuff where people have made fun of him for that. And then other people have said, what are we doing? Why do we allow society to be this way? Let's get better. But I actually think that that makes him even more beautiful. Of course. Um, It's his trademark. Yeah. And I think that, I think that perfection is not real in real life and it's refreshing to see a celebrity 
own that. And I think it makes him more beautiful physically and, and spiritually in a way. So yeah, I would love to share a night of passion with seal and see how it goes. See how it goes. We'd all be so lucky. I can't guarantee that it's going to be great as it is an experiment on my part, but I'd love to give into that experiment and really please seal. I'd love to give seal everything he needs. Seal, if you're listening. Yeah. 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 And I understand he is a fan. I understand he is a fan. Um, I would like to give the wet vac to Axl Rose because I grew up on Guns N' Roses. Being born in 1980, that band was a huge deal to all of us on MTV. And we all know he really lives wild. I don't trust that he's totally on top of home maintenance. Um, I imagine that at times he probably lets things go, that he's someone who would notice a problem and not solve it because he's, you know, whatever substances or distractions. So I think he might need a wet vac. And then I will tell you, I saw Brian Wilson play live. It must have been about five years ago at the Count Basie Theater in Red Bank, New Jersey. Oh, wow. He played all of Pet Sounds and then he took a break and then he did a bunch of Beach Boys Greatest Hits. It was an incredible show. His band brought the heat. I will tell you that anybody who's seen Brian Wilson in recent memory, I bet would agree with me that it is, it's a little concerning. It does feel a little bit like they sort of prop him up at a piano. He's not doing great uh, physically. Sure, sure. So my my thought might be that Legos would actually be a really great thing for him to just stay focused on motor functions and use <laughs> right. those muscles. So I think there is a real utilitarian need for that. So yeah, I would. I, I think I think Wilson gets the Legos, Axel gets the wet vac, and I get in the ring and do my damnedest to bring Seal <laughs> to the heights of ecstasy that he deserves. <laughs> and I think Seal would do the same for you. I really I think, do. Don't you think I so? I think Seal is a generous man and would just get in there and you two would have the time of your lives. I also feel like he'd be very... I think he would slice right through the awkwardness of what are the logistics of this going to be and what is our comfort level. Oh, absolutely. Not to that get means... too graphic, but like in the position Seal and I would be in, this would be an experiment. We'd have to have a frank conversation about, <laughs> do we want to take it to penetration level? Who's going to top? Who's going to bottom? Exactly. Where are we going to go with this? And I feel like it would be such a gentle and open and honest conversation that it would actually create more excitement than awkwardness. <laughs> Beautifully done. Chris, that was thoughtful, and you really got into the mind of each of these people and the personal lives. I feel like you nailed the gift giving there. Perfect. Thank you so much for giving me that chance, because uh, I've been sitting in a hotel room, as I mentioned, with nothing to do, and I feel like much in the same way the Legos might allow Brian Wilson some some uh, needed uh, muscle practicing, this has allowed me to have a human conversation <laughs> in a way I really enjoy. Would you mind if we answer one listener question? Oh, I would love, I mean, if we can only bring in one, then I deserve that person an answer. <laughs> How many did Cole get? You can be honest. Cole and I did two, we did two listener questions. Double. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Cole is always, always one step ahead. Well, and look, my career is on a, a downward plane and, and we all know <laughs> Cole's is rising steadily. So of course, of course, of course, of course. <laughs> okay this is called i said no emails people write into i said no gifts at gmail.com every one of them has a different question about gifts or experience this kind of thing they're all the only common factor is they're desperate enough to write into this thing let's help somebody okay this says 
Hello, Bridger and disrespectful guest. That's referring to you. Uh, I recently put in, uh, just off the bat, I recently put in my two-week notice at my job of three years, and I'm moving on to my dream job. The job I'm currently, or that I'm leaving, was increasingly miserable as time went on, but I've had a wonderful coworker that has helped me get through the worst days. This coworker has kept me laughing, helped with big projects, and has even advised me through landing myself a pay raise. She's been a great mentor and a genuine friend. When I told her about the new job, she told me she was happy for me, but I can tell she's a little bummed that I would be leaving. I want to do something for her to show how thankful I am for her uh, support and friendship. What should I do? That's from Kate. So just right off the bat, Kate has abandoned a coworker at a miserable job. Kind of jumped ship, has uh, broke, uh, you know, this maybe the theme of this episode is broken trust, but uh, that's what's happening in Kate's life. And she wants to give this coworker something to remember her by. Maybe ease her pain at this horrible job. My immediate instinct is that this should be something experience-based rather than physically. Right. Because if this person's feeling stress, boredom, or like this job is burning them out mentally, physically, whatever it is, maybe an experience would work best Um, depending on your region. Like if it was in New York, I'd say, get this person up to the cat skills. Get them oh. up to one of these lovely little art towns in the Catskills. Give them a weekend there. And let's make sure there's a massage involved. Let's make there's sure. There's got to be a massage. Maybe a sauna, you know? And maybe something as simple as that, some sort of spa-based getaway, but something that gets them out of um, their usual environment in the sense of if they're in a city, get them into the woods. If they're in the woods, send them down to the city. Help flip <laughs> the script for this person because you know what? You're moving on to something totally new. And it's breaking their heart a little bit. So give them something new in their experience. And then, you know, maybe maybe cap it off with a cameo from like, <laughs> you know, a professional. From the boss. Like a professional wrestler, maybe Meg Stalter, <laughs> you know, like one of, the, one of the people on there. Your favorite 90 Day Fiance star, you know. Yes, yes. Some, some person who's kind of has found their way to fame in the worst way possible and is now uh, in need of $15 yeah. to record themselves on video. I bet Mace, I bet Mace who used to do songs with Puffy, I bet he's on What there. happened to Mace? I bet he's on Cameo. <laughs> he has to be. He, if he's anywhere, he's on Cameo. A lot of the whack pack from Howard Stern is on Cameo. Go get a Cameo <laughs> from High Pitched Eric. <laughs> Top it up. Spa weekend and a High Pitched Eric Cameo. <laughs> I adore that idea. I think that that's perfect. I don't even have anything to say. I mean, if if that's too much money for you, send in a massage therapist to the office. Give a massage Ooh. and, uh, it, you know, they suddenly they're the talk of the office. And it might just create some in, inter-office drama that they have to deal with that will take their mind off of you. Uh, I'm receiving word from our producer that Mace is not on Cameo. I'm shocked. Uh, I'm she's asking, shocked. Annalise is saying, can we start a campaign? Look, that's up to the listener at this point. Uh, the listener I am, of course, speaking of is Puff Daddy. Uh, Puffy, uh, reach out to Mace. I'm sure it's your last time you heard from him was 1998. Uh, you did great things together. Get him on Cameo. I'm sure Mace needs the money. And if Mace is listening, I would say I would pay anywhere up to $40 for a Cameo from you. But look, Kate, you've received your answer. Chris, as proved through Giftmaster, knows exactly what people need and what they want. This is what your coworker needs. Maybe get them a locket with your picture and move on. Move on to the new job and leave the old job behind. Chris, 
I've just had a fantastic time. I've learned. I've enjoyed. Uh, we've talked about soda for probably 45 minutes. I'm so sorry to... The, There's nothing the number, to apologize the for. The number here. of unsubscribes I just cost, I apologize. <laughs> People are just streaming over to Apple Podcasts, one star review after one star review. Yes. They are out to destroy both of us at this uh, point. Uh, I deserve it. <laughs> no, the listener is also opening the gift bag with me here, and we always get a fun surprise. And that's uh, that's kind of the joy of life. And if you can't deal with the joy of surprise, then Find a, another podcast. That's what I'm going to say. This is tough love mm-hmm. and people need it. People need to be told. <laughs> but uh, Chris, I hope that you can, you know, make it through your final few days there without snapping. But if you do snap, at least I got the scoop. Thank you so much for your well wishes and uh, happy to provide that exclusive. <laughs> All right. Bless you. And listener, time to move on. Time to turn off the podcast and do something wholesome. Have a wonderful day. I Said No Gifts is an Exactly Right production. It's produced and engineered by our dear friend, Annalise Nelson, and the theme song is by miracle worker Amy Mann. You must follow the show on Instagram at I Said No Gifts. That's where you're going to see pictures of all these wonderful gifts I'm getting. You have to see the gifts. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you found me. And why not leave a review while you're there? It's really the least you could do, considering everything I do for you. And if you're interested in advertising on the show, go to midroll.com slash ads. Well, I invited you here. Thought I made myself perfectly clear. When you're a guest in my home. Uh-huh.